Remember when your mom used to say, stay out of grown folks' business? Well, this podcast is grown folks' business. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Jamal, the self-titled podcast. Hope you're doing well. Welcome to the holiday season. If you're in New York, I hope you enjoyed that little, what do they call it, snow squall that we had today, which was like a huge gust of wind and a bunch of snow that came out of nowhere and it stuck and it was really, really pretty. I was sitting in a Starbucks, actually writing a holiday card to someone and doing an arts and craft project with a bow and Christmas music was playing and it was a really special moment. So let's get into some lyrics. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There's just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is you. Yeah, I don't want a lot for Christmas. There's just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I don't need to hang a stocking there upon the fireplace. Santa Claus will make me happy with a toy on Christmas Day. I just want you for my own more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is you. You, baby. Oh, I won't ask for much this Christmas. I won't even wish for snow. I'm just going to keep on waiting underneath the mistletoe. I won't make a list and send it to the North Pole for St. Nick. I won't even stay awake to hear those magic reindeer click. Because I just want you here tonight, holding on to me so tight. What more can I do? Oh, baby, all I want for Christmas is you. You baby. Oh, all the lights shining so brightly everywhere. And the sound of children's laughter fills the air. And everyone is singing. I hear the sleigh bells ringing. Santa, won't you bring the one I really need? Won't you please bring my baby to me? Y'all get the point. Congratulations, Mariah Carey, for all I want for Christmas has gone to number one on Billboard for the first time ever. This song that she made like over 20 years ago. Wow, it's so crazy to think about how much money she's made off of it, like $60 million. Yay. But you know, when you think about it, what is so crazy to me is that It's not like Mariah Carey only made this song. So, she has a full catalog that she's made tons of money off of. So, when you look at her and you're like, God, dog, you've made so much money off this one song, but not just your Christmas song, but all your songs. You've you've had 19 number ones. This made 19 number ones on Billboard. God, dog. And I mean... She's had a pretty successful career. 
maybe the last couple of years, she may not be able to sing all the songs she's ever sang before. But we still buy them and we still listen to them when she was in her prime. God, dog, what a great, what a great talent. Great career to be in your, you know, I wouldn't call it her heyday, but like to be reigning still is like amazing. I think it has a lot to do with streaming and just our access to music these days. But also, they say that the average person hears All I Want for Christmas, Mariah Carey's version, at least, at least 70 times a Christmas season. 70. And I try to like go through my brain and think of how many times I've heard it this year. And I would say I probably heard it probably like 20 already. And I'm sure the next like five or six days I'll hear it 20 more times or 30 or 40 or whatever. I'm sure that's about right. 70 times seems about right. Because I'm probably not even recalling when it, I was just getting in the cab and it was playing or something like that. And when I worked in a resort, and when I worked on the ship, and when I worked, you just hear that any anywhere you were, if you work in a place where like they play music all the time and they start playing Christmas music, you I'm sure you hear the song a thousand times. And there's the times where you're like, oh my God, I love this song, and you're jumping around, and you're singing a little background, and I, you know, I just want you for my own, more than you could ever make my wish come true. You know, you're just having the time of your life. There's times like that, and then there's other times where you're like, please, 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 please turn it off. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's cool. Good for her. Um, I was gonna come on here and tell you guys what I really wanted for Christmas. And, like, I bought some trips, which I'm super excited about. And, like, those are things I really wanted. And I bought some sweatshirts. And I'm just enjoying the little items I bought from my room for Christmas. But I really, really, really just wanted a kiss. I just wanted to be kissed. By somebody who's really into me. Like, just like a nice, juicy, on the lips. We're in the moment. Both got our sweaters on. We're just standing by the tree. I got a gift. They open their gift. They feel the love. We just look at each other. I'm feeling they, they feeling me. I'm like, oh my God, they about to kiss me. They goes in, they kiss me. They is feeling good, I'm feeling good. And it's a beautiful Christmas moment. Well, they doesn't exist, so... <laughs> So I'll probably be there with my mother, my father, my brothers, my godmother, a few other people. And we'll just all hug and maybe somebody will give me a kiss on the cheek and I have to be satisfied with that. Um, Christmas is next week. Hanukkah's coming up on Sunday, I believe. Um, I love, I love the story of Hanukkah. I think it is like really powerful this idea of only having enough 
or believing that you only have enough for a day, only enough oil to light your candle for a day, then it burns for eight days. And it's like, isn't that the story of life? When you just think you only have this much to make it, or you only have this much hope, or you only have this much drive, you only have enough to make it to this point, and then your enough becomes more than enough. And that, that just, woo, that always gets me. I love that. I love that so much. Your enough becomes more than enough. Yep. All you got to do is light your candle. So, the biggest news right now is that Donald Trump and, oh my God, I don't even know if I ever said his name on my podcast. Excuse me, and I apologize. President Donald Trump. The House has voted to impeach him. And he's going to go to trial in the Senate. And, you know, America's fucked. It's It's got a lot of shit going on with it. it there's a lot of things that aren't right. A lot of things that aren't good. A lot of history that has not been righted. A lot of things that are terrible, brutal. A lot of bloodshed. A lot of secrets. A lot of unsolved mysteries. A lot of people tortured. A lot of people killed. Under the hands of this government. A lot of people suffering in our country. A lot of people living lavish lives. A lot of people living in the, the only what we could imagine, only what we've seen in movies. And so far beyond is the millionaire, the billionaire, the elite class, the 2%, the four, or the 4%, whatever it is, beyond. The, they live a life way beyond someone living in Robinson County of North Carolina, one of the poorest counties in the country um the world's are completely different and it has been that way for so long and black people fighting for rights and hispanics building the new america or latino x let's let's go latino x and queer people the lgbtqia plus community Finding their way in an ever-divisive country. But what is very, very fascinating and almost scary and eerie is that we have, we don't do this. We don't do this impeachment thing. I mean, like, judges have been impeached, federal officers have been impeached before, but... Presidents, three. Three have got to this point. Three. That is like mind-boggling to think of all the things that America's been through. It has only been through this process. It's only going through this process for the third time. Which tells me that this is very, very, very serious. That it is not something to be approached 
as Democrat Republican or to be approached, you know, um, I wonder if supercilious is a good word to use for it. Y'all tell me if I'm using the wrong word. If it's not to be approached lightly, because it never happens, which is scary, which means that a president really stepped out of the bounds of his office, and especially an office that is elected by the people across the whole entire United States, that's scary. Like, moving aside Donald Trump as whatever you think he is, the idea that our piece, the one half of two of our Congress decided that this person that holds the office of president has moved out of the the boundaries, the guidelines of governing himself as the, the leader of the free world. That is scary. That means two things. That means one, this is about to, this is only just beginning because there's a trial. And two, that somewhere along the way, we as American people didn't pick the right person. And it's so easy to say that, well, girl, I went into the voting booth and I just hit my little lever and it wasn't for Donald Trump. So I didn't vote for him. I didn't put him in there. But even for those people who didn't put Donald Trump in there, they didn't vote for Donald Trump, you still have a piece to the puzzle. Because Donald Trump's story isn't one of like, he just rose to fame four years ago. He is someone who's almost been ingrained into American popular culture and society for as long as, I don't know, mm, as long as I've been alive, 89. Yeah, this has been around 80, for 30 years. Just enough to affect two or three generations and to put in our mind that this is a person that we should strive to be. This is a good business person. I mean, this person is set across from one of my favorite people in the world, which is who who is Oprah Winfrey. And she talked about how much she loved Donald Trump and how much like his family and his businesses and all that stuff. She just was always fascinated by it. She has said that. Um, she's not said much since he became since he came into office. Um, but it's true. So whatever we loved about him, whatever we saw in him then, still exists in him now. It's the same person. Um, and it's very interesting to think that that person abused power. And it's so easy to say, well, you know, he wasn't no good anyway, and he did A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I mean, you know, presidents can be perceived as good or bad. You know, most of them are bad, actually, because they don't really, we put so much pressure on the president to deliver on things. 
and they just can't because it doesn't work like that. We have checks and balances. So when the constructors of our nation, I don't call them founding fathers anymore, I call them constructors because fathers give you your identity. They give you... They give you a lot more than the Founding Fathers gave us. They gave us framework. So they're constructors to me. Um, did I say the Founding Fathers didn't give us... I don't know what I'm trying to say. They are constructors of our government. And they make this very clear. These guidelines around impeachment. Crazy to think about. Just completely crazy to think about. We're going to see where it goes. <laughs> I'm shocked, honestly, to be honest with you. I am literally shocked because that's going to make the history books no matter what. So I'm shocked. I can, I'm, I'm vexed. It's a good word. I'm just like, wow, I can't. Don't know what world we're in right now. So, in other news... Beyonce's Lemonade album has been named the album of the decade. Beyonce Lemonade has been named the album of the decade. Now it took me it took me a little minute. As you know, I'm very much a Beyonce person. I don't call myself a part of the Beehive because I'm not consumed with Beyonce's life. I'm consumed with Beyonce's music. She releases music. I buy music. She does other endeavors. I check them out. But I, I'm, I don't know if I'm a diehard fan. I mean, to, somebody's listening to this going, bitch, you, you in the beehive. <laughs> like, stop fronting. You in the beehive. So, sure, I'll take it. Um... Lemonade was a really, really powerful, impactful album. Uh, the whole visual with it was just, like, incredible. I really felt like her, those two, Beyonce and Solange, released very powerful albums. Um, a Seat at the Table is a, is a timeless album, and it just came at the right time. But both of their albums that year just really left me kind of like, wow. Just feel like my melanin got moisturized. Like my blackness got moisturized by that, by those those pieces of art. And Beyonce is like done more and more and more music that speaks to specifically black people. And I'm here for it. I like it. I was going to pose a question to you that a friend posed to me. And I've been thinking about it for a few weeks now. He said, why do we love Beyonce? I mean, besides the obvious, why do we love her? And I reasoned to give a quick answer and felt the flood of emotions and ideas come across my mind. 
So I've decided to work them out here with you. Number one, we love a fierce bitch. We love a person who, when they're doing whatever they're doing, they're doing it fiercely. Almost in a way of like the the space between human and God. When a person is doing something to their highest ability and level and demanding that not only from themselves but the people around them, it creates this feeling inside of us that that person is being fierce, that they are pulling out of the universe and out of themselves something greater and sharing it with us. You feel it when you see Serena swing her racket. You felt it when you heard MJ or you saw him do his moonwalk. You feel it when Lizzo is popping her tail at a basketball game. It's something about the person that makes you feel like, wow. When you see Lady Gaga perform in that movie that I can't remember the name of, A Star is Born. You feel it. It's a thing. You can't put your hand on it. You can't touch it. But when you see Oprah Winfrey sitting across, interviewing whoever she's interviewing, there is something inside of you and something inside of her that are telling each other that this is what this person is supposed to be doing. And I, in watching them, feel like I can figure out what I'm supposed to do and feel that same feeling and share it with someone else. So we love a fierce bitch. We love a person who lies in between God and human for the moment that they're doing whatever they're doing. I'm not calling them God and I'm not calling them particularly just human. I'm saying in the space in between when they're doing whatever they're doing, we love that. We live for that we have lived for that forever. We love it. We love it. But two, why do we like, why do we love Beyonce? Time. Time is very, very interesting factor in life. As time goes on, things change. And things don't change. There are people who are in your life that have been present forever. There are people who are in your life have been present for six months. And when someone is new in your life, you are learning them. You are getting to know them. Everything is exciting. Everything is bold. Everything is scary. Everything is interesting. But as time goes, you begin to learn them and you begin to feel them. And the more they're around, the more they give, the more you see them in that number one position, the more you feel like, wow, this person is going to do this forever. It's like when you hear Mariah Carey's song going number one, what you're saying to yourself is, Wow, 
Mariah's still here. She's still around. She hasn't gone anywhere. And that's it with Beyonce. She hasn't gone anywhere. She never lets more than a year get in between her and her music. She never lets anything get between giving us more and more. She didn't take a long five-year break. She didn't say, well, you know, I'm done quitting the music industry and then come back. She has always given, step by step, each level of her life, exactly what she wants to give at that moment. And it's been so many years that now it spans generations. Now it spans, you know, enough people from different walks of life and different ages that you just feel empowered. You're like, wow, she's the inspiration to some seven-year-old, but she's also the inspiration to this 30-year-old because time. When you've been around for a long time, you see, you see like, wow, this person is still giving at the level that they're at. And it, it just, it rocks you. You can't shake time. It's like if Beyonce worked in a company and she's been doing this for, since she was like 12, she's almost 37 or 38, something like that. So let's say 12, 22 would be 10 years. 32 would be 20 years. She's been doing it for 25 years. If she worked at a company for 25 years, she would be the CEO. She would be running it. And you two, sitting there in your little cubicle, would be looking at her when she walked by or when she was in a meeting going, I got to get there. Or there's something about that person. Or wow, look how they worked their way up. You would have something to say then. Number three, why I love Beyonce. Mysteria. I always tell my friends that my favorite thing about God is that he's mysterious. My favorite thing about myself is that I'm mysterious. You don't know everything about me. And you don't need to know everything about me. And I'm not going to tell you everything about me. And my ways ain't your ways. <laughs> I love that. I love that there's always just a little bit behind there. It's not a lie. It's not some fabricated life. It's just mystery. It's just the question mark. It's just a secret compartment of a box that when the time is right will be revealed because all things are revealed in the end. But you don't need to know them right now. They don't need to be on TMZ. They don't need to be on your Twitter feed. They don't need to be on your Instagram. There are, mis there are things that belong in Mysteria. And Beyonce, in the age of 24-7 media, in the age of not being able to understand what, why we can't know every single thing about a person's life and don't know why we can't show up to the hospital and see the baby being born out of Cardi B and not understanding why we can't just show up to somebody's house and take pictures outside and see who they're in a new relationship with. In the age of 24-7 media cycle, she has capitalized on being quiet and speaking when it's time to speak 
and telling her story through the lens of a magazine or through the lens of her music. Mysteria will save you. The good book that I read used to say, um, he who can keep a secret is wise. He who can keep that thing that is like, that everyone doesn't need to know. The part of you that nah, everyone doesn't need to see, but wants to see so desperately. If you can keep it and you can hold it, and for a minute people feel like they're getting a glimpse of it, they're grabbing a hold of it, you, you will hold all the power. Mysteria. So, one, aligned. When you're doing that thing that you're destined to do at the highest excellency that you can, you feel that ooey-gooey is what I'm going to call it. And then two, time, three, 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 being, oh my God, I literally just forgot what three is. I'm literally about to sit here and think about what I said three was. I said time, oh, Mysteria. Mm, I gotta forget that, I love that one. Mysteria and four, people, in America, love black people. And this last part is like, we just love black culture. We love black culture. And the thing about it is, for black people, most of us know what to talk about. We know what's going on. We know what's up. But people love black culture. And they love when they can just eat it up. And they're like, oh my God, hot sauce in my bag. Like, like it's a real thing. I knew, I have friends in college who had hot sauce in their bag. Like, it's just, people eat that stuff up. We love her because she's black. <laughs> like, you know how many people could be Beyonce but will never be Beyonce because they're not black? <laughs> um, it just is what it is. We love her. She's amazing. And a black woman being fierce, standing the test of time, um, being able to keep her story and hold on to it and tell it the way she wants to, what could be fiercer in a country that says that black women ain't nothing, that has tried to erase them out of time, who has tried to steal their power, and who has tried to demonize them? What could be more powerful than a person who defies all of that and still lifts us up and still tells us, hey, you can do that too. And still chooses to inspire us after they got all their money. Beyonce could have sat down a long time ago. But she's destined to do what she's doing. So it doesn't feel like work. Doesn't feel like work? Of course. Does not feel like work. Because if it felt like work, she would have stopped already. She would have burnt out. She would have said, I'm good. Y'all go ahead and listen to the first three albums. I'm good. Nah. Still giving us music, still fresh, still out there. And that's all you hope. You hope that your faves will stay and keep giving you more and more and more. So that's why I love Beyonce.
Time, blackness, mysteria, fierceness. Well, I want to tell y'all a little story. So, I live in the Bronx. Yay! And I live off a particular avenue that has become famous recently. I live near the Joker... Mm, let's change this. I live near a public staircase that is the connection between my street, my avenue, and another avenue on the other side. And the only way to get there without taking this staircase is either walk all the way around the park, and there's a staircase there, but it's a little bit dangerous because it goes through the park, or the other side, which is a really long, like, hill with a road so you walk up the sidewalk or you could take the staircase which is not too far from the subway you just cross it's right by the school boop 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 you walk up the staircase well a movie was recorded way earlier i think actually last year either last year or way earlier this year um like in the spring no i don't think it was the spring could have been it was this year sometimes much earlier this year they recorded the Joker movie. And that infamous staircase that he was on is in my neighborhood. Well, the movie came out and we started getting a few people, you know, just coming. And then the build up to Halloween was ridiculous. People were coming all the time. Um, the neighborhood had a few meetings and had a few things there and it kind of calmed things down for a little bit because it was getting hostile where like, People who live here couldn't use the staircase because there were so many tourists there. Well, after that, this holiday season, December happened, and there are literally, I would say, 50, 70, 80, 90 people out here a day taking pictures, crowding the staircase, just really kind of being in the way. And you can tell when they're going back to the subway and when they're coming they don't stop in any store and they don't speak to anybody. They don't go and get a banana in the bodega. They don't say hi to the laundry woman on the con on the corner. They don't engage with the community. They just come, snap their picture, and get out of there and look so fucking afraid when they're getting off the subway. And I mean, these are not just, these are not Americans. These are like people from around the world with their cameras and everything. It literally is like mini Times Square. They're holding up the sidewalk. They're all in the way. They either cross the sidewalk, all these things, looking around. Well, a lot of people in the community have complained and, and called the police and been like, come on, these people, I can't even get through. And I, let me tell you something about the Bronx, okay, what I've learned. People here are working people. These are the people who are really keeping the city running because of of um because they are the working class of New York and i mean honestly i can respect it the door gets held for you people speak to you i go down to the corner to my laundry room and she always says mi amor how are you we have this conversation. I always tip her $10 when she does my laundry. because She does it so well. 
and I always speak to everyone. I hold the door. I sometimes I will I will go downstairs and will open the door on Wednesdays at two thirty for Mitchell, who has um, inclusion needs, who always gets dropped off by the bus on Wednesdays at two thirty. And has to get in the building. And sometimes he has some trouble getting in the building. So I noticed that at 2.30, I just go down and hold the door. Because I've been there a couple of times. And this is the Bronx. People are kind. My bodega person asked me how I'm doing. This is this is really New York City. I've never... I have had more encounters with nice people here than I've had encounters with, like, tough, rough people. So... But here in the Bronx, particularly, just had no. Just feels like a neighborhood. Everyone speaks. Everyone's nice. The super's nice. I just, it's a nice community. So with all these tourists crowding the way and people trying to get to work, or get to where they have to go in the city, all these people in the way, it really is annoying. Excuse me, I think I'm a little tired. Well. Today, Jamal comes out of his apartment, and I see the cones, the orange cones, and the movie cameras. And I go, okay, I know they're not back here recording, too. They really recorded another Joker movie this fast? I mean, like, the other one ain't even baked out yet. So I'm like, what is going on? Then I see the trailer. I said, oh my God, there's a trailer here. They're really doing something. So I was like, you know what? I got a little time. Let me stand here and see what's going on with this. Let me see what they doing today. So I watched for a while and didn't see anything happening. I just saw a bunch of like producers and a camera. And they were like clearing off the staircase. And they had a police escort and... All this stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really want to see what's going to happen. I want to see who's coming out of the trailer. So I stayed as long as I could. And then I left. Well, God had a different plan. Because I left my wallet in my apartment, which I never do. So I had to walk back. So I'm running back to my apartment to get my wallet. And I had walked all the way to the subway station. So I'm running back to, to my apartment. And lo and behold, who comes out the trailer, guys? The Burger King man. And I'm looking like, are you serious right now? You telling me the Burger King is recording a commercial here? Really? On the steps? So I go to my apartment. I get my wallet. I come down. There's full music playing. And the Burger King man, along with dancers and a fake joker are dancing on the staircase. Yes. I said the joker, a fake joker and the Burger King King man are dancing with a bunch of dancers on these stair steps. And I'm like, are you serious? I can understand tourists. I can get with the European. It's like, oh my gosh, we're here in America. Oh my God, we can go see the Joker steps. Let's go see the Joker steps. We'll go take pictures. We'd be in the way. It doesn't matter. I can understand that. I can somehow wrap my brain around that. Especially being a person that's about to go travel to different countries next year. I'm like, 
I'm trying to think about me being somewhere else and me wanting to get this picture for my Instagram or get this picture because I want to go to this place and maybe disturbing other people who are like, bitch, I'm tired of these tours. I'll live here. You know, I get that. I understand that. But a corporation to block off the whole entire area and do a full dance number here? Like, do you not know what's going on in the community already? You're a part of the problem. You're the part of the problem because now you're going to make it even more desirable to not eat your food, but for people to come to these stair steps. Yep, really. That Burger King. Really Burger King. And what are y'all selling? A new chicken sandwich or some shit? I don't get it. I really don't get why you have to be on the stair steps. Why you have to be dancing with these dancers. Because there was a lady with like five bags walking with her car. And she was like, she was, um, her grandson had the car and she was walking by. And he was going the other way or something like that. I don't know why I said her grandson. I felt like it was her grandson. Just making that up. Was, you know, going the other way. And she goes, I'm going to take the stairs. And he's like, no, the cones. So he goes, she goes up to the cones. And the guy, the police officer is like, you got to go around. I literally heard him. He's like, you got to go around. And she's like, um, why? It's the only way. Get there faster. I, please, please. And um, he's like, no, you got to go around. They're shooting here. This area is blocked off. You got to go. And I just like, how many people are getting turned away from the staircase because of Burger King? Not tourists today. Because what happened was, because Burger King was there, all the tourists were across the street watching Burger King have this moment and them all looking at the staircase because they came to take pictures too. But they can't because it's blocked off. Leave these people alone and get the fuck out of this neighborhood please because these are nice people these are nice apartments these are nice areas these are just nice wholesome people here in the bronx leave them the fuck alone please get out of here burger king you're wrong for this and i'm gonna be looking for this commercial so i can tell people please don't come to these staircases it's not right. It's wrong. Well, the next time you hear my voice, it'll be 2020. So I gotta leave you with a little something. And the little something I'm gonna leave you with is this. What is the picture that you have in your mind when you see yourself in 2020. If you could say, this picture here is me in 2020, what would you be wearing? Who would be in the picture with you? Where would you be? What's the expression on your face? What kind of shoes are you wearing? What's the weather? When you look into your eyes, what do you see in that picture of 2020? 
Whatever it is you see, whatever it is you're wearing, whoever is there with you, visualize it and it will happen. It may not happen exactly as you see it, but it will happen the way you feel it. Because if you feel it, then you'll see it. And if you see it but long enough, you will feel it. Put a picture in your mind of what next year is going to be. And keep some extra colors in your heart. Because sometimes paintings and pictures change. Or don't always turn out the way you thought they would. So leave some extra colors. Because your portrait might change. But remember the feeling, because that won't change. I wish you a very, very happy holiday and a very, very, very fabulous new year. We'll be talking soon. Very, very, very soon. And... <laughs> Nothing is ever, ever, ever as bad as it seems. So keep your head up in the holidays. Keep smiling. Keep thriving. Love you. See you soon. Oh, talk to you soon. Bye.